Good morning. You're tuned to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Standing by on the next segment is Greg Wells, producer of The Greatest Showman original soundtrack. I want to give a shout out before we start off uh, to Universal Audio. They introduced me to Greg. I know he used their recording gear and the plugins and uh, their go-to tools, and he was working on this soundtrack, and I just want to thank them for introducing me. I'm going to bring him on right now. He's standing by. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for speaking with me. Well, I have to say, this movie is so outstanding, and the soundtrack, um, I actually shared with my daughters I was going to have you on the show, and they screamed. (laughs) 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 I I mean, you know, I can never, ever, ever, ever predict who's going to like something beyond me liking it, you know? So that's how I, I, the only way, way I can take on work projects is, do I like it or not? Yeah, and I've learned the hard way. If I take on work projects where I don't love it, but I like it enough, yeah, but there's still some sort of like thing that just doesn't feel right, then I can never do a good job, and it makes it sound like I don't know what I'm doing. It makes me sound like a bad record producer, a bad mixer, a bad musician, a bad songwriter. So I I steer clear of that stuff. So when Michael Gracie, the director of The Greatest Showman, approached me a year and a half ago, I think he came to my studio and he mm-hmm. thankfully was a fan of some stuff that I'd done previously as a, as a record maker and he walked me through a two and a half hour maybe three hour meeting where he got up and acted out parts and showed me storyboards and showed wow. me some footage on his laptop from workshops and just really tried to lay out the whole story for me like what the movie would feel like from top to bottom and mm-hmm. I I fell in love with it I, I loved his passion and I was aware of his work before as a video music video director and uh, sort of genius TV commercial guy. Do you remember that? Um, it was, I think it was an Evian commercial where babies were roll. It looked like actual babies were wearing roller skates dancing to disco music. I think I do. That's Michael Gracie. That's one of his very first TV commercials. Wow. He's just a brilliant visual guy, and I knew that we would be in great hands visually. Um, so I dove in. You know, I, do- I completely jumped off the cliff and committed to the project for half a year, having no clue <laughs> that it would resonate with anyone else. And, really? You know, because I have weird, yeah, yeah. I have weird taste. I can't predict, I can't second guess what anyone else is going to like. And when I start doing that, I also start sounding like I don't know what I'm doing. I have mm-hmm. to just come from my gut, you know? Right, right. Um, but it, it's such a thrill to, uh, you know, like what you just told me about your daughters being excited that you're talking oh, to somebody yeah. involved with the film. It's like, that's amazing. Well, they've seen the film several times, and they, the soundtrack just pulls you in. You know, I, yeah, I really, I credit a lot of that to, uh, to, to Benj's lyrics. They're, they're, they're so emotional. And just the, the, the team of those guys, they, they, they know how to pull on the heartstrings, and Michael mm-hmm. really does it visually, too. You know, the performances in the film are just unbelievable. Oh, I know. You know, the choreography alone is unbelievable. I don't think there's ever been a movie like this made before and also i don't think there's ever that i can think of ever been a musical that existed in its very first form as a movie usually it's on stage and then someone says oh we should turn this into a movie right i want to mention the team so you were working with justin paul and benj pa- is it pasek you know the truth is i don't exactly know how to pronounce his last name <laughs> okay. i think it's which is why i didn't say it just then i think it's pasek pasek okay well um Good thing he's not listening. I, I hate to slaughter somebody's name. So. 
tell me the process that comes down to to doing this soundtrack because it's monumental. It was uh, honestly it was a monumental process. Mm-hmm. It was probably the most stressful, most bananas thing I've ever taken on. But I'm very, very, very proud of it, and it's definitely a situation where none of us on our own could have arrived at the the end result that we got. It was very collaborative. It's very much a team effort. Their process, Benj and Justin, who are two 32-year-old composers who won the Tony Award in 2017 for Best New Musical for their musical, Dear Evan Hansen. Wow. They won an Oscar for Best Song in a Movie for City of Lights and La La Land, also 2017. This year, they just won a Golden Globe for a song I produced called This Is Me. Carol has settled singing it. And the same song is nominated for an Oscar, and we are actually performing that song on, I say weeks, we're all involved with it. Kayala is singing that song on the Academy Awards this year on March 4th. Oh, um, and it's just an amazing thing, though. You know, it's, it's an homage to, it's a tribute to, it's an anthem for anyone that's ever felt like they don't fit in. And mm-hmm. for our own reasons, we all, I think, feel that, you know? Right. Anyway, uh, to your question, it was very forensic and very not quick, mm-hmm. the process. And I got brought in to sort of wrangle the whole thing into shape because they had worked, they'd been making the movie for four years at that point. And they'd worked with lots of different people, lots of different people had done a track or a version of a song. And it got to a place where all 11 songs didn't sound like they belonged in the same movie. Uh, and uh, That's no good. So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I think it, 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 it all led to where we are now, you know, mm-hmm. so... So Michael Gracie um, brought me in, and he said, Greg, you can use all of these tracks. You can use none of them and start all over again. You can go somewhere in the middle. It's, you have carte blanche. You can do whatever you feel it needs to be nice. to make it feel right. So that's what I started doing. And then, and then I realized I was also really working with Justin and Benj, which I didn't, I didn't get at first, but I'm really glad that that was a happy surprise. Yeah. And they have sort of computer memories, and... I mean, I remember even on the final night of mixing the album soundtrack, which has now gone number one in 77 countries. I've never had a number one in both Ethiopia and Liechtenstein. Whoa. <laughs> and, and America. I mean, it just, you know, who knew? Unbelievable. Um, but the final night, he, he said on this one song, um, you know, we did a demo of this like five years ago, mm-hmm. and there was a guy, he was scratching a wire, and it was the most amazing sound. Uh, I think I can find it. Let me find it. So he goes into these subfolders in these folders in his laptop, and he finds some demo from four or five years ago. Sure enough, there is that sound. And he says, okay, I know that, you know, they're super organized and very anal, and he said, I know that we have this somewhere in this massive Pro Tool session that you're working on, Greg we got to find it. And it took us like 30 minutes to find the thing, but lo and behold, there it was, and it's very featured in the final version. Lots of stuff like that. Like every, you know, every rock got overturned at least three times. Incredible. But I realized that the way that I'm used to working in terms of mixing the music mm-hmm. is using a lot of analog recording equipment, like tape machines and things really? that have tubes in them and transformers and... Um, you know, I grew up in my 20s as a, as a recording studio musician here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Canada, but when I moved here at the age of 21, I be, 
after a couple of years, I became a studio musician. And at that point, people were still recording to tape. You know, uh, very few people were recording directly to computer without the use of analog tape. So that also meant using actual recording soundboards, like recording consoles, mixing consoles. And if you wanted an EQ, you didn't open a plug-in. You plugged in a tube EQ, and you started turning these huge dials that look like they're on an old airplane. And sure. That was just normal, you know? So you, so like, I, you like working with that uh, older technology, basically. My studio is, is very hybrid yes. Uh-huh. I have stuff from the 1950s. I have stuff, actually, that was based on designs from the 1930s, actually. Some of my microphones, which I record, you know, most famous singers in the world on, but really? I also have stuff that's being made right now, mm-hmm. and and all points in between. I, I love I I like a really large palette or mm-hmm. toolbox. It doesn't mean I'm going to use all of it, but I I like having it there. Just like if I were a chef, I'd want all kinds of different you know right tools. Yeah, it's like a, yeah. it's like a big kitchen. Yeah, I do want to mention uh, for just tuning in. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Greg Wells. You have worked with Adele, Twenty One Pilots, Katy Perry, on and on and on. That's that's surreal. I mean, that's unbelievable. It's really surreal being from a rural farming factory town in rural Canada. Um, mm. You know that, like which I am, and mm-hmm. it. I can't. It's just you know. Look, it, the only way to have a career in the arts is to not quit. Yeah, that's true. Great that advice. That is the only. It's the only way it works. If you if you don't have a career, it's because you quit. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds really simplified and you know it's easy for me to say i've sold 90 million records but i'm telling you i don't come from money i don't come from any connections i came to los angeles at the age of 21 i'd never been here i didn't know anybody and i was illegal i couldn't work i was here to study wow i had a, i had a visa to be here as a student studying on a canadian government arts grant which i did mm-hmm. but i couldn't work and it took me i think two years before i wound up playing with katie lang and in her band for three years. Ironically, she's a Canadian, but she was based in L.A. at the time, and that got me a visa. And now I'm a citizen, but it, yeah. you just you can't, you know. You can't quit. You can't, can't quit. You, yeah. cannot, you just can't quit. So the name of my show, Greg, is Get the Funk Out, and I was going to ask you how you say so positive and, you know, in an industry that's so tough, but I do love your advice, don't quit. It's really don't quit. You know, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, this is much harder than it looks. If you ever want to know how hard it is to sing, um, on a record, just go ahead, put a pair of headphones on, go to somebody's laptop, turn the mic on, and then try to start singing over a track. It's murder. Like it, oh, it's yeah. so, it's it, it's like a terrible CIA self <laughs> self esteem experiment. You know, um, to to be able to do it the way that Adele does it, or or um, you know anyone that even like Tom Waits, who's not a fantastic singer, but he just he doesn't care about the microphone. He's going for it. He wants you to feel something. Right. That's the real trick, is to get people to feel something coming through these speakers. Because to me, music, which is why I love working on this, mu- on this movie, because we had a visual. Music mm-hmm. is very visual to me. And I think the reason why a lot of not great records are made is because all we have are speakers. And we just, we just hear, it's like we're kind of only getting half or maybe even less than half of the information. Makes sense. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just, it's, 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 it's a very uphill battle, but... If you have the bug, like I do, you know, this was all very exotic to me as a young boy. Mm-hmm. Growing up in rural Canada, like, nobody did music for a living. And if they did, it wasn't necessarily the music that I, I that spoke to me, you know? Yeah. Um, 
I think it's... So it you're, keeps me going. Sorry, oh, go ahead. No, I want to add that, you know, because you're also a fluent guitarist, you play bass, you're a drummer, you're a keyboard player, you understand what it takes to put things together. My background is, is, is very... Um, I mean, I was going to be a concert pianist. I studied at the same school in Toronto that Glenn Gould studied classical piano. And I, I live wow. at the bottom of the music rabbit hole. I, mm-hmm. Drums are my first instrument. I play a lot of guitar, play bass on lots of records. And, you know, I've done everything from being wedding bands or theater pit orchestras to punk bands to jazz <laughs> ensembles to big bands to symphony orchestras to church organ Amazing. to, uh, you know, playing on the back of a pickup truck for 30 people in some <laughs> silly parade in this little village, you know, opening a, my favorite gig is driving 100, 10, no, it's a 10-hour drive north of Toronto, 400 bucks, and I oh. played in a Dixieland band at the opening of a takeout french fry counter at a food court in a mall. Is there video? <laughs> well, if, if there was, you would have seen a man dressed in a french fry costume <laughs> dancing beside me all afternoon long. And, you know, the teenagers, I was like 19 at the time, they were walking, looking at me going, what are you doing? Right. Yeah, you claim to fame. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I mean, that, that, that particular gig actually really stands out. But I'm glad I did it, you of know. Course. It all gave me, I don't know, you look at an actor like Ian McKellen, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I think of myself as an old man, but he actually is an old man. Okay. And, um, you know, he can stand, he can be in a movie like Lord of the Rings and to some CGI monster that he's not even looking at. You shall not pass. And when he says that, I think if most actors tried to do that, it would be silly. Oh, it, would, it's, it would not have the gravitas. It would not have the weight. But that dude is a Shakespearean. He's one of the world's best Shakespearean actors. Oh, yes. He's a master mm-hmm. of stage. I've seen him act live uh, when the British National Theater Company toured. And they played Los Angeles. He did a, a great Ibsen play called Enemy of the People, and it was mind blowing. Wow. But he can do, you know, what's basically a kids' movie, Lord of the Rings, and totally be Gandalf and totally make it work. And because he has all that preparation, all that subtext, all those chops, right? Um, in my own goofy, naive way, I have a musical version of that, and and that doesn't necessarily help inspiration show up. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. For me, it's more of a building the thing and, and, and quickly putting out a fire and knowing what the solution should be for something. But in terms of like Quincy Jones and Stevie Wonder, they like to say, you have to, you know, whether you believe in God or not, they like to say, you got to leave enough room for God to walk into the room. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we know what that is implying, what that says. You yes. gotta, I, I, for me, I, like, I feel like I got to get out of the way of the really special stuff when it shows up. You bet. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, you know, being prepared for the opportunity when it shows up, I think that's truly what luck is. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Greg, we have to wrap, but people, where can people find out more about you? Sorry, I'm so long-winded. Oh, no, this is so interesting. <laughs> that I, I, ne- I haven't even had coffee yet. Um, I, I'm shocked. I, I don't know. How, I couldn't function. You know, I, um, there's a lot of stuff online. Yeah. Uh, if you just type in my name, I guess, to Google, you'll, you'll, you'll see... Okay. Everything from a Wikipedia entry to my website to other things that are talking about things I'm I'm a part of. Okay. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, I you know my favorite thing is to encourage people to express themselves, and uh, it's something I was not really encouraged to do as a kid, and so it's, I'm sort of like making up for it. 
I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying think it's to. Awesome. Greg, I want to thank you so much for calling in. This has been fantastic. If you've missed any part of this conversation with Greg Wells, it will be up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Greg, have a great day. Thanks again. Congratulations. Such a, such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Again, that was Greg Wells. He produced The Greatest Showman soundtrack and so much more. Uh, again, it's up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to find out about being a guest, you can send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. And if you want to follow the show on Twitter, I'm at moms underscore rock. That's a wrap for me. I'll be back here next week. You've been listening to Get the Funk Out.